Hey, my name's Jamie Poisson, and I'm the host of Frontburner. It's the CBC's daily news podcast. And every day we're discussing the big events and fault lines shaping Canada and the world. Politics, economics, social movements, you name it. Sometimes we even talk about really fun stuff like the enduring relevance of Lord of the Rings. You can hear Frontburner on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. More than a dozen possible cases of severe acute hepatitis in children have popped up in Canada. And many, including doctors, researchers, and parents, are trying to figure out why. So this week we're asking, what do we know about severe acute hepatitis in kids? Hi, Tacine. Welcome to The Dose. Hi, Brian. Thank you. Have you had parents asking you about this? I have had a couple that have uh, heard about this on the media um, starting to be concerned and, and asking, uh, you know, what's the cause, what they should look out for. Um, not a lot yet, but it is it is starting to, to make waves and, and get around amongst the, the pediatric population for sure. So we certainly want to, to get whatever answers... Uh, such as they are right now. I know these are early days, but before we begin, can you give us a hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Faisin Lada. I'm a pediatrician uh, in Edmonton, and I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Pediatrics at the University of Alberta. Okay, here we go. Acute hepatitis, of course, you know, physicians know, other health professionals, it causes inflammation in the liver. What do we know so far, Taysine, about this form of severe acute hepatitis in children? You know, so I would say there's more that we don't know, and and that's the concerning part. But what we do know is that there have been over 300 cases of this illness described worldwide. They've been identified in about 20 countries. Um, the most have been identified in the United Kingdom. And this illness is causing severe inflammation of the liver in kids under 16, um, largely under the age of five. And in 5% of cases, these children have actually needed a liver transplant. So their livers have failed and it's been quite a critical illness. And what we don't know, uh, and I think this is the scary part, is is what the cause is of this illness. And and when we don't know the cause, that makes it all the more difficult to treat um, and also, of course, very difficult to prevent. So lots to break down there. When we're talking about numbers, what do we know about the situation in Canada right now? So in Canada, so far, there have been about 12 reported cases, uh, seven of those at SickKids in Toronto. Um, But because this is a newly described illness, all the children's hospitals in Canada will be going back through their records, looking at children that they had admitted that had uh, liver inflammation to see if it fits the description of this severe acute hepatitis. And I imagine that we will have more than have been currently reported that will be identified in retrospect. How does this form of hepatitis, acute severe hepatitis, show up differently in in kids compared to adults? 
So hepatitis itself, I mean, inflammation of the liver, it it can be caused by a number of things in children and adults. Um, But generally, the symptoms are very similar in in kids and adults. So we're looking at um, abdominal pain, uh, nausea, vomiting. And then, of course, the the really um, scary sign of hepatitis uh, when we know the liver is inflamed is jaundice. So yellowing of the skin, yellowing of the whites of the eyes, the urine can become really dark. Um, And that's common amongst children or adults presenting with different forms of liver inflammation. What can vary according to the cause is severity. Um, And so, you know, in children, this this liver inflammation has been shown to be quite severe in in some of the cases uh, requiring hospitalization and sometimes liver transplant. So depending on the cause in children or adults, if it's something milder, uh, you certainly might not need hospitalization. You might just need follow-up. And then the other thing is in adults, even though hepatitis often presents the same way, um, not all adults will be eligible for things like liver transplants because they often have many other health conditions that prevent this from being a possibility. Uh, And so um, in adults, uh, that might not be an option. Um, And certainly, uh, you know, that's a consideration for the way that it presents and that the clinical course evolves. Thinking about, you know, know, a dozen or so cases in Canada is a very small sample size. Indeed, 300 across the world is as well. But I did have a question. You mentioned that uh, these cases have occurred in kids under the age of 16. Is it all ages under the age of 16 or are they clustering in certain age groups more than others? They're definitely clustering. So 75% of the cases have been under the age of five and the average age has been two. Um, So we are really looking at very young children, preschool age children, infants and toddlers. Wow. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, my next question would be, why is that the case? Uh, What do we know so far about about the the reason for this incredible age distribution? Yeah, and that's, you know, that's such a good question, Brian, because in that age group, um, what we're wondering, is there something that's hyperactivating their immune system, a virus, for example, um, a previous infection with COVID could do this. So, uh, you know, have they been exposed to COVID um, and has this primed their immune system to hyperreact to new viruses such as the adenovirus that's also being thought of as a cause for this hepatitis? Um, and so we know the immune system changes with age. Your immune system when you're a baby is different from your immune system when you're in school is different from your immune system as an adult. And certainly um, in children, uh, we have seen with certain viruses like COVID uh, that their immune system can really hyperreact and cause inflammation of the organs. And that's why we see Ms.C. Uh, in some kids after they've had a COVID infection. Uh, and so it certainly could be related to the naivety of their immune system uh, that they, they hyperreact to some of these viruses that they're seeing. So what is the working theory right now? Is it uh, caused by a virus? You mentioned adenovirus, or is there a strong connection to COVID? So both have been postulated as as theories, and I think it's really important to keep um, open to all the possibilities because we don't want to miss something. Um, COVID is definitely amongst uh, one of the top theories as a cause 
either alone or in conjunction with another virus. Uh, and what I mean by that is that, uh, you know, when we look at these children, uh, the children that were tested to see if they had a previous COVID infection, um, 70, over 70% of those with severe acute hepatitis that were actually tested did show that they had had a previous COVID infection. Likewise, when you look for adenovirus infection in these children with severe acute hepatitis, 60% uh, showed that they had evidence of adenovirus infection. And that's why those are the two leading theories. And it doesn't have to be just one or the other. Um, a theory that's that's been going around that that is quite plausible is that a COVID infection can actually cause these children's immune systems uh, to be hyperactivated so that then when they're exposed to a new virus, such as adenovirus, uh, they start to attack their liver. And so it could be a combination of these two viruses that's causing an autoimmune response in these kids um, that's causing them to attack their own liver and causing this inflammation and hepatitis. Of course, we know that COVID vaccines have been linked to myocarditis, especially in young males. Is it possible that these cases of severe hepatitis in kids can be linked to the vaccine? I think that's a really important consideration if we're looking at a group that's largely vaccinated. But because we're looking at a group that's under five, 75% are under five, uh, there hasn't been a COVID vaccine available to them. And so this is a largely unvaccinated cohort that's getting sick with hepatitis. Um, and in regards to the myocarditis, it's certainly true. We saw adolescents who got the COVID vaccine that did get myocarditis, um, but we saw a lot more adolescents get myocarditis with COVID infection itself. Hmm. So that would be very reassuring because, you know, certainly uh, with all of the publicity about myocarditis, uh, as soon as we started to hear about hepatitis, I'm sure a lot of parents were wondering, was it linked to a vaccine? So you're saying it's, it, you know, the early evidence is that it's not. Absolutely. Yeah, the odds are very low considering that the large majority of these children are in an age group where they, uh, they're eligible for the vaccine yet. So it's certainly much more plausible that it's, it's the virus itself, either COVID or a conjunction of COVID and adenovirus that's causing this. Are doctors such as you and researchers convinced that this is a real thing, that this isn't just something that, that would have otherwise occurred in, in during pre-pandemic times, for instance? So, you know, it's definitely a real phenomenon. It's, um, it's been reported in enough countries. Uh, the children have been sick enough. They've had similar enough characteristics with their hepatitis to be able to group this into uh, a, an illness that um, we don't fully understand, but is definitely occurring. Um, interestingly, in pre-pandemic times, there have been cases uh, where children have been affected by viruses uh, in very severe ways. Um, in, you know, about 10 uh, years ago, there was um, a condition called acute flaccid paralysis, uh, where kids were coming into the Stollery Children's Hospital with exactly that, uh, you know, becoming paralyzed, um, starting with the legs and, and going up. And at first, we couldn't figure out what was going on. But soon as evidence came up from around the world, we realized it was associated with a virus called the Coxsackie virus. 
And so, you know, this isn't unheard of to have um, viruses that cause really severe complications in children. Uh, it's just a matter of, of getting to what the cause is, uh, because that will certainly help us with diagnosis and treatment. You know, I mention it in part because I think the world is much more sensitized to emerging diseases since uh, the pandemic. Am I wrong about that? No, I think that's a really great point. I think uh, everybody's hypervigilant because um, with COVID, we don't know what the long-term effects are. We don't know what the severe complications could be. And so everyone's on high alert uh, and, and certainly looking out for these things. And I think um, that's one of the reasons we've been able to identify this quickly um, and other countries were able to say, oh, look, listen, you know, we've seen this as well. Uh, and so I think it's been an asset that there has been this hypervigilance so that we can find this early and figure out the cause in a timely manner and hopefully an effective treatment. Amina is an activist during the Arab Spring. Her blog, Gay Girl in Damascus, attracts readers from around the world. When she's mysteriously abducted, her followers mobilize, desperate to save her. What they find shocks them. I'm Samira Moyedin, the host of Gay Girl Gone, a new six-part series from CBC. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. There have been reports that some kids who have developed severe acute hepatitis have had exposure to house pets, dogs. What do we know about a possible link between this virus and exposure to canines? Yeah, so that's true. So so in the United Kingdom, when they looked at it, they found that 70% of these children uh, were exposed to a dog, for example, in the household as a pet. Um, and I think, you know, there's really no plausible scientific connection or evidence that shows that then this exposure to the dog could be causing the hepatitis. But I think what that was, was an example of uh, researchers and scientists really casting a wide net, wanting to look at every possibility to make sure uh, no stone was left unturned. Um, and so that isn't really one of the working theories, but it was sort of one of the, one of the things that was correlated rather than actually uh, a cause of the disease. What is it that you and other researchers want to know right now but don't know yet? One of the priorities is, is really to look back at all these cases and make sure they were tested to see if they had COVID in the past because that has been done in actually only a minority of cases. So we really need to know, you know, does that 75 or that 70% that we heard of with the kids that were tested uh, that did have a previous exposure to COVID, does that hold true when you look across the board at these cases, because that will certainly give us a clue as to whether COVID is one of the primary suspects in this disease. The other main thing we really need to sort out is, is this an active viral infection causing hepatitis, or is this an autoimmune response? And so that distinction is important for treatment. Um, and so if, if this is being caused by a virus that's in the child's body and is is, is causing uh, a lot of illness, um, then we treat with antiviral medication. But if this is a condition that's being caused by previous exposure to a virus, previous exposure to COVID, for example, uh, like the MIS-C that we see in some kids, then it's an autoimmune condition where the body is attacking itself. 
And in that scenario, we want to use immune suppression, so things like steroids. Um, and so it's really important for us to, to know that distinction, to understand that distinction, so we can provide appropriate treatment and hopefully prevent these children from going into liver failure and then needing a liver transplant. For those of us who uh, aren't up with the jargon, uh, remind us what we mean by the Ms. C syndrome. So MIS-C is, what it stands for is multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. And it's an autoimmune condition that we see up to two months after a COVID infection in a child. And that COVID infection could be mild, it could be asymptomatic, um, but within two months, what they can develop uh, is this constellation of symptoms, including a high fever and inflammation of their organs. Um, so they can have inflammation of their heart, their brain, uh, their kidneys, their liver. Um, and this condition uh, requires hospitalization. It requires IV medication with immunosuppressive drugs. Uh, and it's an autoimmune condition. And so all the families that I have um, where the child has had COVID, uh, and I've certainly seen more COVID in the past few months than I have in the in the last two years of the pandemic combined, I tell all these families in the next two months, look out for a high fever, look out for a rash, for vomiting, for diarrhea. And if your child has these things, go to your family doctor, come back to me as the pediatrician, because we need to make sure they don't have MIS-C. Uh, because if they do have MIS-C, they need hospitalization and they need those IV medications in order to treat them uh, and in order for them to recover. And were any of those cases of Ms. C that you've seen or, or your colleagues have seen associated with hepatitis? I personally haven't seen a hepatitis in the Ms. C that I've seen, uh, but there are reports, yes, by colleagues and in the literature uh, of children with Ms. C having inflammation of the liver as part of this condition. So it certainly is um, known that COVID causes liver inflammation uh, after infection in children. How are doctors treating this condition in kids? It's varied uh, with country. And so some countries are using both antivirals and immunosuppressants uh, because of that um, that uh, element of uncertainty about is this an active viral infection versus is it an autoimmune response where the body is attacking itself. So some are, are uh, going at it with both, doing both the antivirals and the steroids. Uh, other countries are using just um, immunosuppressants, thinking that this is an autoimmune condition that's occurred where the body is attacking itself. Um, it's hard to say at the moment which has been more successful. Uh, we do know that some of these children have needed liver transplant. And the hope is that uh, as as researchers look back at their records, they'll compare and they'll look at which one was more effective so that we can focus on that therapeutic method. So at the end of the day, I know these are early days, but what should parents and guardians take away from all of this? Parents and caregivers, you know, they need to, they need to keep an eye out, particularly for jaundice. So yellowing of the skin, yellowing of the eyes after any viral illness, darkening of the urine, so really dark colored pee, uh, pale stools, so gray or white stools. Um, those are all signs of hepatitis. 
also uh, abdominal pain, especially on the right side where the, the liver is, or a mass. So um, the, the stomach looking really large on the right side, those are all signs of hepatitis. So if parents or caregivers are seeing this after a viral infection, that's certainly a reason to go in uh, to see your pediatrician, your family doctor right away. Um, you know, and I think the important thing for parents to know is that this does seem like a rare condition. And so most children will not get this, but knowing what the signs and symptoms are will really empower parents and caregivers with that knowledge so that if they do see those things, they can seek help early and get that diagnosis early and hopefully get the treatment in time. Well, we certainly agree with those thoughts, and I'm certainly glad to know that this condition is rare. Dr. Tacine Latta, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. Dr. Tacine Latta is a pediatrician and assistant professor in the Department of Pediatrics at the University of Alberta. Here's your dose of smart advice. So far, there are roughly 300 cases worldwide of severe acute hepatitis or liver inflammation in kids. The condition has gotten doctors' attention because some children have needed liver transplants and some have died. Some cases appear to be linked to adenovirus, which is a completely different virus than COVID. Some, but not all of the kids, have had a prior COVID infection. Some researchers have suggested that the virus and COVID infection may somehow work together to trigger the immune system to attack the liver, causing hepatitis. Symptoms to watch for include jaundice or yellow discoloration of the skin and especially the whites of the eyes, darkening of the urine, abdominal pain, and distension. Kids with these signs must be seen immediately because they can become very sick in a hurry. Doctors say these cases of severe acute hepatitis are not linked to COVID vaccines. That's in large part because kids who've gotten this form of hepatitis were too young to get the COVID vaccine. Researchers say we'll know more about this condition in the weeks ahead. The best news about this condition is that so far, it appears to be very rare. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions you'd like answered, tweet me at NightShiftMD, at CBC Podcasts, or at CBC White Coat, hashtag TheDoseCBC. Our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. You can find The Dose wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars so more people can find us. This edition of The Dose was produced by Stephanie Dubois. Technical support was by Laura Antonelli. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.